Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, a bonus edition. That's right, not once, not twice, but three times this week, we have uploaded an episode. That is a new record. Episode six was out on Monday, and then Thursday was our March Madness Blizzard edition. Definitely our most fun episode today. Check it out if you haven't already. Got big YouTube numbers, too. We'll talk about it on episode seven, but... I was very proud of that, put a lot of work into that bracket, so it was good to see it pay off and have some people watching it on YouTube, and here we are on Sunday, UFC 261 recap, I am back, Jordan Lorenz on solo duty for these UFC recaps, it is Sunday morning, we are fresh off a wild UFC pay-per-view card in front of 15,000 people in Jacksonville, Florida, I didn't watch much of the prelims I caught like the last hour, but they said these prelims were wild and all the fights were really, really good. So that was good to hear. And once we got to the main card, it things were all over the place. This was wild. Obviously, everyone knows by now about the Chris Weidman injury. We'll get to it here in a minute. But why don't we start with another injury in the first fight? Jimmy Crute against Anthony Lionheart Smith. This was a good fight. Anthony Smith was working his jab well. He was busting open the face of Jimmy Crute. Jimmy Crute had some good leg kicks. He was working on that left lead leg of Lionheart. And then, towards the end of the round, 40 seconds left around there, I would say, something like that. Anthony Smith hit his first leg kick of the fight to Jimmy Crute, and as soon as Crute tried to walk on it, his leg wobbled, he went down, but then he got a takedown, and he was on top of Lionheart for the final bit, with about 12 seconds left, he got back up, and then going to the corner, Jimmy Crute could barely walk. I mean, he was trying, but he was all over the place. After the fight, he said he couldn't feel his leg. And then they were talking to him during the corner, you know, during that minute. And then he got up. The doctor said, all right, walk to me, walk to me. Crute was walking. He hobbled a little bit. And then, okay, Rhett said, walk back, walk back. And on his second step, he just kind of, the leg buckled, you know, and, uh, called it off he said uh 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 it's over and Jimmy Crew punched the cage in frustration only one round this thing went referee stoppage afterwards didn't want to get any more damage to that leg of Jimmy Crew only the second loss of his career he was discovered on Dana White's contender series and that being back on July 24th of 2018 and that he had a big win over Chris Birchler by TKO in the first round and then from there, look at this. He had a submission over Paul Craig, TKO'd Smile and Sam Elvey, lost by submission to Misha Serkinoff, then won by submission over Michael Olekazjuk, and then knocked out Modestus to Bukakis in the very first round. So all stoppages for Jimmy Crute, and here he loses by Dr. Stoppage to Anthony Lionheart Smith. I mean, he's still got a super bright future ahead of him. This is just one little roadblock along the way nothing he could do about it it's smart though definitely a good idea not to continue fighting and Lionheart said it after the fight he said a few more light kicks and he would have been done so that's basically how that went down Lionheart gets a good win it's definitely not the way he wanted to win but at this point a win is a win so he's won two straight Devin Clark the win last year uh, in the main event over Devin Clark that was on November 28th and now here he does beating Jimmy Crute 
Lionheart, I was a little bit worried. So he lost that John Jones fight back in 2019, close fight, and then he beat Alexander Gustafson. Everyone's like, all right, he can come back. Then he loses to Glorifer Tashira. Then he loses to Alexander Rakic. And then here he comes back on a two fight win streak. Technically, only one stoppage he has because the one, I mean, you can look at it both ways because Lionheart did a lot of damage with that leg kick, which is the reason why this fight ended up getting stopped. But either way, he didn't do a whole lot to get the job done. You know, it's just one of those things, but a win is a win. That's how it goes down in the book. And no matter what, that's how it's going to go down for Uriah Primetime Hall. It's just so unfortunate how this happened. Chris Weidman, for those of you who don't know, Back years and years ago in the rematch with Anderson Silva, he threw a leg kick and his leg snapped in half. Broke his leg, went down right away screaming in pain, and the exact same thing happened here in this Uriah Hall fight. The very first kick thrown by either man is Chris Weidman throwing a leg kick at Uriah Hall. Uriah Hall checks the kick, so for those of you who are unaware, checking a kick is when... Weidman will be throwing a leg kick at you, and Uriah Hall gets his leg up off the mat, and he gets it up, so he checks it, so that kick doesn't do a whole lot of damage, but it just depends where that kick ends up being hit, and Weidman hit the worst spot possible, if you haven't seen the video by now, they said it last night, viewer discretion is advised, I barely wanted to watch it, the pain and agony, and there, there are some gruesome, gruesome pictures that you'll be able to find online, Weidman Takes the loss here. He's getting he's getting surgery today, actually. They said he got admitted into the hospital on Sunday. He'll be getting surgery. So hopefully everything can get fixed out there because Weidman, he finally got a win over Omari. That was the last year. He was struggling. He lost to Dominic Reyes, lost to Jacare Souza. He beat Calvin Gastelum, but then lost to Gegard Mousasi, lost to Yoel Romero, and lost to Luke Rockhold. That's going back to December 12, 2015. That was when Weidman lost the title, so he hasn't done a whole lot to get back on track. This could have been a huge win over Uriah Hall. It's the man who stopped Anderson Silva in his final fight. Hall's last loss was to Paulo Costa back in July 7th, 2018. And we all know Costa was very dominant until he faced Israel Adesanya. So Uriah Hall beat Bevan Lewis, Antonio Carlos Jr., Anderson Silva, and now Chris Weidman. Uriah Hall doing some great things, working his way up to the top of this middleweight division. We know Israel Adesanya and Vittori are taking on each other coming up in a few pay-per-views, so that's going to be interesting seeing where Uriah Hall gets placed after this fight, and he said in the, after the fight, he said, Weidman, I owe you one no matter what ranking I am. When you come back, I just hope I'm able to give you that rematch, and I hope it's able to happen, but I also hope that uh, Chris Weidman is able to fight again because that was, it was not good. The way this thing happened and for it to happen twice in someone's career, not good at all. Hopefully this isn't career ending. Everyone in New York pulling for Weidman at this stage. That was rough. So hard to watch. And Valentina Shevchenko after absolutely dominates Jessica Andrade. And this was a statement win. Valentina knew exactly what she was doing. People were saying the only place Andrade would have the real advantage is on the ground. Uh-uh. In about... Eight minutes, Andrade got taken down eight or seven 
times. Valentina tied the record for most takedowns in a flyweight fight. In a matter of two and a half rounds, she did it. And then she got the ultimate crucifix position and just rained down elbows on Andrade. And, oh, it was all but over. Eventually, Andrade got busted open. And finally, the referee said, "Uh -uh, uh uh-uh, uh-uh, we are done. That is it. Valentina Shevchenko is almost as dominant as Amanda Nunez. The only reason I say almost is because Nunez beat her not once but twice. So that's the only thing holding Valentina back. But they're in the same position here. Valentina's basically wiped out the division. She is so, so dominant as champion. She beat Andrade last year. She beat Jennifer Maya and Caitlin Chikug again. She beat Liz Carmouche and Jessica I. She beat... Joanna Onjacek, I forgot about that one back in 2018, Joanna going down, and then she lost to Amanda Nunez back at UFC 215, that's the last time she lost, and she went five rounds with the champ at Bantamweight, and that's not Shevchenko's division, she's a true flyweight, I mean, she's a big flyweight, but she's making weight, so that's all that matters, Valentina Shevchenko gets the job done, like I said, a true statement win in that fight over Jessica Andrade. Who knows what's next for Shevchenko. Either way, she's such a such a fun fighter to watch, and we'll be seeing her back soon, I am sure. She loves staying active and one of the best champs you'll find in the UFC. And now we shift gears. Co-main event, women's strawweight title on the line. Thug Rose Nama Yunus gets the job done. 78 seconds into the fight. This, what I... Don't really want to call it that much of an upset, but the way it got done was shocking. Wei Li Zhang, Zhang Wei Li, whatever you want to call her, she just had a five-round war with Yuanio and Jacek, one of the best fights you'll ever see, bar barrier of gender, doesn't matter. That Yuanio and Jacek and Zhang Wei Li fight at UFC 248 is a must-watch fight. Everyone needs to see that. Could have gone either way in the end. It was a split decision with Joanna losing just by one judge. Zhang Weili successfully defended her title, which she just beat Jessica Andrade. Um, well, that was about eight months beforehand. So August 31st to March 7th. So that was when Zhang Weili won it. August 31st, 2019. Defended over Joanna in that split decision. Fight of the year, fight of the decade, whatever you want to call it. And here comes Thug Rose Nami Yunus, Thug Rose had a winning streak of her own. I mean, she beat Jessica Andrade, who is, uh, hello, the person that just faced Valentina Shevchenko the fight before. And I guess I didn't even realize that that was the rematch with Jessica Andrade because Thug Rose beat Yuenio and Jacek in 2019. Well, here, let's go way back, actually. You're looking back here. 2017, Thug Rose beat Michelle Watterson. Beat Yoannio and Jacek at UFC 217. Beat Joanna again at UFC 223. 217 was the time she stopped her in the first round and then a five-round decision at UFC 223. Then Thug Rose lost Jessica Andrade, but then beat Jessica Andrade. And here she came into this fight knocking out Weili Zhang with the head kick. I never saw this coming for the way that Zhang was able to hold herself, you know, do so, so well in that fight with Joanna, and not go down, proof she had a chin on her, and then Thug Rose comes in, one head kick is all it took, Wei Li looked out on the way down, but she still, a few hammer fists then by Thug Rose, and referee said, we are 
done, and we had a new champ, Thug Rose, born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Rose Namunas gets the job done and is the first ever woman to recapture a fight or a title that she lost. So I find that very interesting. She's not the first ever two-time champ, but the first ever champ to recapture a title that she lost. I loved seeing that. Rose Namunas, just 11-4, and 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 Wei Li Zhang does not have many UFC fights on her record. Her first fight was in August 4th, 2018. So she had one, two, three fights before winning the title. She was just insane, her rise coming up. She'll be back. She released a statement I saw. I didn't read it, but we'll see if I can find it here real quick. 21-2, and two, and after the fight, she said it was a bit of an early stoppage, but, I mean, you can't really... She was out on the way down. That's basically all that came to it. And then the hammer fist really got the job done as well. So that was what happened here. And here's her statement. I want to congratulate Rose on her victory. She bounced back from her defeat. I believe I will also come back, only beat a great champion to become a legend and beat a legend. I will become a new me. Before, my goal was to win the UFC championship. But today, I have a higher goal than that. Thank you. It's normal to lose and win. That's the UFC. Andrade, Joanna, Rose have all lost, and they all come back and try again. I've deepened my understanding of UFC today, so I believe I can come back. Hopefully, the UFC will schedule a rematch soon. I say why not, right? Give these two a rematch right out of the gate. I don't I don't see why not at this point. I'm sure they could get it done by the end of the year as well. I don't think Whaley Zang will need that much time to come back, but you never know. You never know, and if she does need that much time, then you schedule someone else against Thug Rose, so we'll just have to see what happens there, but we all know what happened in the main event. Kamaru Usman gets the job done, stopping Jorge Masvidal in round number two. This made me so happy. I was hoping Usman came in there and dominated for five rounds, just like the first fight to prove that no matter Usman or no matter if Masvidal's coming in on six days' notice or a full camp, the same thing's going to happen. Just to give that respect to Usman that he deserves at this point, I don't understand. People are still sleeping on Kamaru Usman and just how dangerous he is. He knocks out Jorge Masvidal, and that's something not only Masvidal but everyone was saying they're like he doesn't have the power. He doesn't have the power to get the job done. He's not going to be able to get a stoppage with his hands. But Usman did just that and he's done it time and time again he beat Gilbert Burns by knockout in the third round that was earlier this year just months ago and we all know how badly he dominated Colby Covington in that first fight stopped him in the fifth round so Usman has some power in his hands he's not just a decision winning man and even if he is so what because his decision wins are dominant Usman defends his title once again. Who knows if Colby Covington is next, but Jorge Masvidal, I was saying it last night, he's just, he's living off that Ben Asker knockout and the BMF title, and that's all he's got. I mean, way back in the day, he was beating some guys, but as of late, he hasn't been doing a whole lot. Jorge Masvidal has the fastest knockouts. I don't know how many times you've seen the clip against Ben Asker, and five seconds, boom, the knee, it's over, and then the win over Nate Diaz, that was back in 2019 as well, but he hasn't done anything since that. He lost to Usman in that terrible, terrible fight where Usman absolutely dominated him in July 11th of last year, and then this one gets knocked out. I was so glad to see a humble Masvidal after the fight, and he said, you know, 
I got knocked out first time. It happens. I'll be back first time in 50 fights that he ever got stopped like this. So that is crazy and just a testament to how good Jorge game-bred Masvidal is. Crowd was exactly how I expected. Boo and Usman cheering heavy for Masvidal. I mean, Masvidal brings in his fans. He's got a wild fan base. I can't wait to see what excuses they come up for him in this fight. But Usman's on pace to fight, dare I say, four times this year. I mean, I'm sure he'll fight one more time for sure, but... Who knows how active he is going to be. 19-1 and now overall. This man is coming up as one of the greatest fighters you will ever see. And he, that's Daniel Cormier said it after the fight. The scary thing, he's learning more and more every fight. He's still getting better. And that is just a scary, scary thought as to who is going to stop Kamaru Usman. This card, Central Time Zone. Ended about 11.30. I mean, it was crazy. This thing had no main card fight go past the second round. Obviously, two of which were stopped due to injury. But still, all the title fights had knockouts. The first one being in the second round with Valentina Shevchenko. Then Thug Rose in 78 seconds. And then Usman in the second round as well. So, that's that. I mean, UFC 261, a wild, unpredictable card. And now we're moving on to next week, May 1st, 9 p.m. start time. Live and free on ESPN2, and you've got Cub Swanson in the co-main event. In the main event, Dominic Dominic Reyes against Jiri. That is going to be a fun, fun fight. Those two going at it back at the UFC Apex, but UFC 262 sold out from the Toyota Center just three weeks away. We are getting spoiled with all these pay-per-views, and May 15th is the night where this card is happening. Edson Barbosa against Shane Burgos to start the show. Caitlin Chukagan against Vivian Arujo in a flyweight belt. That's a big flyweight fight right there to see who's next for Valentina, probably. And then these next three fights, banger after banger after banger. These are insane. Tony Ferguson against Benil Daryush in a lightweight eliminator. So excited for that fight. And then Nate Diaz is back in a welterweight fight against one of the better welterweights you'll find. Leon Edwards against Nate Diaz in our main event. We will finally crown a new lightweight champ. Some people not happy that this was the fight that got made, but it's here. We're stuck with it. Michael Chandler had that huge win over Hooker to start his UFC career, and now he's ready to take on a dangerous, dangerous Charles Oliveira. This is a Striker versus grappler fight, but Michael Chandler can strike with the best of them as well. He's not just some chump that came over from Bellator. He's going to do everything in his power to win the lightweight championship. In my opinion, the most stacked division in the UFC. He's going to try and win that belt in just his second UFC fight, 22-5 in his career. Oliveira, 30-8. This is a fight I'm looking forward to very, very much. And overall, that's all we got. Thank you for listening to this recap. I went a little longer than I expected. I expected 15 minutes, but still under 20 minutes. Super easy to listen to. I love doing these UFC recaps, and UFC has been on fire lately, and now we're getting crowds back for these pay-per-views. Insane, insane stuff. I cannot wait. Thank you all so much for listening, and please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, subscribe on YouTube, leave that five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and tomorrow, episode 7 special guest as we preview the NFL draft. Thank you all for listening to this recap. Hopefully you listened to all three episodes for the week and we'll see you right here back tomorrow on Jordan and Drew, the sports crew.